In life, we all know that some things can happen unexpectedly. Some may ultimately change your heart and shift your direction. This is a journey of love and how the Holy Spirit did exactly that. This story will walk through the 24 months of an incredible soul-felt journey with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You will share in many events that could be considered spirit-led or miracles. This is Triune Loves Me with Lori Garner. Hi, and welcome back. This is Lori. I'm so happy you could join me again today. We're up to episode 10, and I don't know where the time has gone. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, your favorite chair, and let's share this time. Now, on the last episode, I had a car accident, and at the accident, I met a gentleman, and he whispered in my ear to never stop telling my story that we have to get to non-believers. So here I am, still telling my story. I'm so happy that you're listening. And if you're that one that needs to hear my story, I hope it touches your heart and moves your soul. Now I'd like to share a couple of things that God has changed in my life since I started this journey. Before my encounter with the Holy Spirit, I never used to write and I never used to meditate. So how does something so significant change so quickly? How do you explain that? I never used to write all these years and all of a sudden I'm writing and I'm meditating? He's the only one I know of that has the ability to make these major changes when we're not even trying. Now the writing started at the darkest part of my journey when I was feeling at my lowest and the most vulnerable. The writing let me get in tune with my feelings and let me purge them. Now writing has become a daily routine for me. I do write something every day. And all my writing is done to music with my earbuds on my iPhone. One of the most amazing things that happened to me while I was writing was all of a sudden I flipped the page and I started texting God. And there was a closeness there that happened that I can't explain. It's like all the barriers fell down. And I was having this communication with Him like I was texting a friend. It was amazing. Now, one of the coolest things I could do while working at LifeTouch is I was able to talk to the youth pastors about this very thing. Just imagine, all of our youth run around with earbuds in their ears and their phone in their face, talking to someone. Tell them to open their notepad and text God and do it every day. And at the end of some time, they will find that they're journaling their prayers. And they can go back and say, what was I saying on that day? What has already transpired? What has he blessed me with? You have a point of reference. There's things that I have said over the last two years that I would never remember that I said. And it is the greatest, coolest thing. So I suggest you try that. Now the second gift that actually happened was meditation. I meditated the day after the Holy Spirit experience from 5.30 in the morning till night fell. I talked to God the whole day and I don't even know what I said, but I do know it was amazing. So from there, I started researching on YouTube how to meditate, and there is a glutton of them on YouTube, something for everything. 
The formula that worked for me is I would read about the meditation and make sure it aligned with me spiritually. And then I would listen to the voice. And if the voice soothed my soul, that's the one I would listen to. I use guided and unguided both, just depending on my mood. Now, once I had actually narrowed it down and picked the one I was going to use, I then set the mood in the room. I would burn incense. I would dim the lights as low as they would go. I would get myself a blanket, and I would make sure the temperature was perfect. Okay, so picture in your mind, I'm in a lazy boy. I'm not sitting on the floor. I have my blanket. I have my earbuds, and I have my music. And I lay back and I began to pray. The music normally would speak to my soul, and as I prayed, I would send out an invitation for them to come, and I would tell them, please come, I need to talk to you. And as they appeared, it seemed a story would unfold in my mind, and the minute the story would end, I would immediately sit up and I would write the story. And some of those stories are amazing. The thing I find fascinating about that is a lot of times those stories would be answers to many of my prayers or it would give me a lesson. It seemed like God was teaching me through the meditations because I was learning so much as I did this. Now, I do think many that listen to this process of how I meditate will think it's a little odd, but I can tell you, I believe it opens up a whole new window to heaven. And for those of you who do not think you should meditate because it's not biblical, here's a verse that I found, and there's many more. Joshua 1 verse 8 says this in the New International Version, Keep this book of the law always on your lips, Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now I'll ask you, my listener, being prosperous and successful, isn't that worth a little meditation? Or at least try to approach it with an open mind. You might be surprised. Now, the beauty of writing down everything after I meditate has proven to be an amazing thing because there's no way with my mind that I would have remembered every story that unfolded. Now, what's truly special about these stories are they're stored in my memory. So when people talk to me about them, I have memories of them. Just like when you have a friend and someone mentions their name, you see their face in your memory. That happens to me with these stories. What a beautiful thing. Now, as I continued to write and meditate, I was still going to church. And as one of the photographers at church, I was invited to come in and capture the baptism that Sunday. There were 80 people that got baptized that Sunday. What an amazing day. It was a gift for me that day to capture those moments. I was so upfront and personal. Amazing. In my desire to learn more, I did a lot of things what I call field trips. I was out there going anywhere I could to learn as much about them as I could. One of the ones I remember most was going to the United Methodist Church in Nashville to the Upper Room Christian Art Museum. 
they were having an exhibit of nativity scenes. I got there that day, I bought my ticket, and it wasn't quite time to go in, so I found myself in the sanctuary, and they had the most amazing picture of the Last Supper carved out. It was huge, and it was beautiful. I actually spent a few quiet moments there. The exhibit consisted of matchbox-sized nativity scenes all the way up to three feet from all over the world. There were 180 different nativity scenes from 40 different cultures. And as I wandered around taking in all the artistry, all I could say was, wow, 40 different cultures. And they all had the same story. Each one individualized, each one made of different things, but they all had the same story. There was no deviation. There wasn't an extra person. There wasn't an extra animal. They all had the same story. How does that happen? Have you ever played the game when you whisper in someone's ear, by the time it gets to the 10th person, the whole story changes? So how does he have that power that he tells the story all over the world and everybody continues to say the same story? And all through the ages, the story doesn't change? He does have some power. Now, during this time, I found myself going to a Masonic church. I found myself going to Shabbats, which I didn't even know what that was, because I was in search of what he was trying to teach me. So any place I could go that had his name written across it anywhere, I was trying to learn as much as I could. So while I traveled for work, I always tried to find things to do that was local to the area. And one day I was in Indiana, and I found that they had a monastery in Ferdinand, Indiana. So I went to this monastery called Sisters of the St. Benedict of Ferdinand because I found out they do tours, and I thought, wow, perfect, let me go see what this is about. So as I drove up, you could see the monastery against a blue sky. It sat majestically up on a hill, and it was red brick. It was beautiful. So I parked my car and went in, and I told them I was there for the tour. So I signed in, and they told me that Sister Mary was not available quite yet, that I could go walk around or go in the chapel and sit and wait for her and she would come find me. So I went in the chapel and had some quiet time and some prayer time and then soon after Sister Mary appeared. She introduced herself and explained that normally the tour had a lot more people but I was the only one there today. So I had a personal tour of the monastery. She shared things about Christ, she shared things about God, she shared things about the Holy Spirit but she also shared with me her life there. She had been there since she was 15. She gave me a peek into her life, which was amazing, and an awe moment for me. Now, I do believe I was the only person on the tour for that reason. God knew we would share life. And as the tour ended, we hugged, and we said our goodbyes, and she invited me back anytime I'd like to come. And then I walked around the grounds and I took a lot of pictures while I was there. And then I got in my car and my phone rang and it was my husband. And he goes, where are you? I said, I'm in a monastery in Indiana. Now in an earlier episode, I said he was my rock, but he's also got a sarcastic side. So when I told him where I was, his response was, what, are you joining a monastery now? Because he's been watching this journey unfold day by day and nothing will surprise him. 
Now, no matter what happened or what I said or what I did, he never seemed to be surprised. It was like he knew what was going on. And I really think back and think about it, he had the foundation. He grew up in church. So some of the things I was experiencing, he had already seen. So that was amazing to me. Being this is the episode that talks a lot about my stops along the way, one of the stops I made was Coming Falls. Now, I was going to Cookville for work, and I always look around and say, what's there to do around here? Now, I'm not a hiker, I'm not even in great shape, but I decided I want to go see the falls, so I was going. I packed my hiking shoes, and when I got there, I asked my coworkers, who wants to go see the falls tomorrow? They both said yes, but in the morning, only one showed up, and she was my trainer, Tanya. So we decided to venture out. It was probably around 8.30 in the morning, and we arrived at Cummings Falls. Now, as we make our way through the trail, we come to a sign that says, this way to the ones that are harder and this way to the easy trail. And of course, my trainer goes, oh, let's do the hard one. I said, okay, I'm in. So I was really surprised. There were some treacherous places there that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? We kept going down the trail till we got to the water. The water was a very large creek that had the water flowing over very large black boulders. So we made our way there. And as we were walking, the trail would end and we would have to cross the creek to the other side so we could walk along that wall. So I found myself having to cross this creek at least three times in about knee-high water. And the rocks that you were stepping on were very slippery. Now, I remember at one point, Tanya was standing next to me and I went to step on a rock and I slipped. And she reached out and grabbed me by my shirt to pull me up, realizing that I had a backpack on and I had a camera in it. And she said, your camera, instead of worrying about me going in the water, she was worried about my camera. That is so typical of a photographer. But then we finally made it to the falls. Wow. How beautiful. I saw the water rushing down the wall of the falls. I saw the sun coming up majestically over the hill. I saw the pool of clear, cool water at the basin. I saw other hikers peppered throughout. And I sat on the shore of this red rock riverbank. And I put my earbuds in. I listened to music and I prayed. And there's where I saw his beauty. If you would just stop and take a moment and look around, you'll be amazed what you can find. And we shared life that day. The reason I included this adventure in my story is I would have never done this without my husband. And I found myself doing things a lot by myself. Now what I realized that day is with God, life is an amazing adventure. You just have to go for it. And he always gives me a friend at the right moment. He truly does blow my mind. Now I looked at my phone to see what I had written down for that day. And this is the lesson that I had. Love our Father in heaven with all your heart and soul. Embrace life with no fear. Live life large and love with all that you are. Life is short. Grab all you can. Value and cherish each relationship. No one is disposable. Find that quality you love in that person and tell them you appreciate them. Live life in the wow.
Speaking of living life in the wow, you must come back next week. Next week, I will share when I fell in love with God. (laughs) And it's quite a moment, so you don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our time together as much as I have. Wishing you an amazing week this week filled with abundant love. This is Laurie signing off. Be kind, be loved, and be the amazing you. Please hit the subscribe button and the like button and leave me a comment. I truly would love to hear from you. This has been Triune Loves Me with Lori Garner. To learn more about Lori's unique journey, visit her blog, Triune Loves Me, at blogspot.com. And be sure to join Lori next time for another episode of Triune Loves Me.